Hello everybody, welcome back to the Lake and Post Show with the host show with the Mo Show, the Mo and Joe Show. I am Mo, this is Joe. Looking a little different this time. It's probably that, um, you know, marital glow on you just because you're coming towards your big wedding day in yeah. two days. Yeah, that would, oh, cause I'm Joe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're well, not Joe, but tell the people who you are. Um, my name is Seth, um, not to be confused with Johanna. I get them mixed up all the time. Apparently it's the a hair. common occurrence. It's beautiful, um, you know? Yeah, I like plants just like Johanna likes mm -hmm. plants. In fact, mm -hmm. I guess I kind of have a couple of her plants held captive at my house for the time being. If you were wearing glasses right now, indistinguishable. There'd be no way to tell you guys apart. Really? That's the main thing I say. Even the, the shadow here? Yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. that happens for her. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, think, yeah, yeah, if, if Joe had good eyesight, I would not be able to pick her out of a crowd, you know? If Joe had good eyesight, you wouldn't yeah. be able to pick her out of a crowd. No, either. not at all. Uh, but we are here to break down Levi's sermon, but this week Levi didn't give a sermon, did he? No, no, that yeah. was uh, some other bloke. Yeah, yeah, he was tied to railroad tracks, and you stepped yeah. in to save the day yeah well I have a theory that Levi was not actually out hunting for um, sheep uh, I think that there's a gold mining conspiracy mm. and uh, I think that's his real that's why we right. found that golden ring a moment ago yeah, <laughs> yeah. you saw how quick he left it's coming full circle <laughs> yeah uh, uh. but Levi was not home uh, to write the sermon to get ready for it but you did speak about home this week yeah. and uh, I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit Though you didn't address it immediately, I my brain trails off in a lot of different directions, and one of the things I was thinking about is like, how do you define home? Like, what does home mean to you? Is it actually a place? Is it is it people? What what is home to you? And where has felt like home? Yeah, well, I grew up um, in a family that moved a lot, so it was kind of hard to have the regular feelings of like, ah, this is my home. I grew up here. Sure. Um, most of my later part of my life I lived in Washington State so that felt like home. Mm -hmm. But I think when I say home and when I probably alluded to home in the sermon, um, there were two words that I emphasized uh, that I think are wrapped up in the idea of home. Um, sure. Not necessarily a location and that would be familiarity um, and intimacy. And the way I look at familiarity is just something you know, something that you can, you know, for lack of better words, control. Um, yeah. Something you can expect, and then intimacy would be um, a place, a person, a space that you could entrust your vulnerability to yeah. give someone or a place your emotional um, intimacy. And so um, yeah. that, that's kind of that's how I look at intimacy, just a place to be vulnerable. It's good that you can identify that because I think there's probably a lot of people out there watching this, and myself included, who have like tried to plant their roots somewhere and it just didn't come across as home. I've been at places where I've lived for a few months and just been like, this isn't home. And mm. you get that feeling of homesickness, but like identifying intimacy is probably the thing that's missing. Like you don't have that person or like the connection to the place. And, and I, sometimes it's intangible. Like you can't put your finger on it, but it just, there's like a gut feeling or maybe that's like a, a faith feeling that's just like, this is not my place. These are not my people. Yeah. This is not home. Yeah, I would say that um, the idea of home, um, of being able to be intimate and familiar is really a shadow of what God has placed in our heart, the desire um, to know Him and for Him to be um, our familiarity and our intimacy. I said in the sermon um, that the Christian life is the never-ending call to displace the heart from what it knows into the hands of God. 
Yeah. And so home, I would say, is like a shadow or a picture of what God wants us to have with him. Yeah. And, and I've seen in people around me that sometimes being too familiar can be a negative thing. Like you get, you get kind of stuck in your daily rut and like you're in this zone of like comfort. And, you know, speaking about familiarity makes me think of another thing I trailed off on was like the idea of unfamiliarity. It, it can breed growth in us. Like it can challenge us to, to yeah. change who we are. Yeah. Stepping outside of our comfort zones can, can you know, inherently bring us closer to God and in that it shapes us as, as more of a human being that, that reflects his image yeah. properly, you know? Yeah, I, I would say that familiarity um, can be kind of like a bubble wrap that we put ourselves mm. in because we can control it. And uh, sometimes the last thing God wants you to do is control things. Um, he wants to know you. And uh, if you can get to a place or if he brings you to a place where you can um, pull back some of those layers of, you know, the favorite TV show or mm. the favorite friend group or the favorite daily habits, he has the opportunity um, to reach out and touch you um, in an unfamiliar way. And, you know, that sounds kind of vague, but what I mean is simply to see God in a way that you haven't seen him, um, to feel him in a way that you haven't felt him. And the reality is most people don't, you know, love to cope with this, but there are a ton of areas in our lives that are not familiar with God. Um, yeah. so, so we're called to make those areas open to him, and that's hard. Um, it doesn't feel like home at first, and that's the whole practice of Christianity is yeah. putting our home somewhere where it should be, um, not on this earth. And I, I often think about, like, you're, you're newlywed. Yeah. Uh, Joanna yeah. and Willie, they're getting married this week, and you kind of, you kind of can build a, a comfort pocket w within your immediate family, right? Like your You know spouse. we love those noodle Fridays, <laughs> making up some well, indomay. people don't know what that is, but... Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that probably has... But <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is, like, you can, you can sort of insulate yourself by having this partner, this person that you... If you enter into a room and you have your partner with you... Mm -hmm that room instantly becomes more comfortable, right? Yeah. Like going to an uncomfortable oh, place sure. becomes more comfortable when you have that person sure. with you. And for I think sure. as you grow in your faith and as you grow in your relationship with Christ, mm -hmm. as you learn to carry him in your heart, he can become that comfort pocket with right. you. That, that call outwards towards stepping into the unfamiliarity yeah. to, to grow. If you have the comfort of the loving father and you know he's with you, mm -hmm. that can be such an encouragement to step out and, and grow into those uncomfortable places. Yeah, yeah. The reality is that when you have something good, um, something wholesome and beautiful, like my marriage with my wife, who's actually sitting right here, you, you want it to be shared. Uh, I, I would love for um, Johanna and Willie to have the same marital bliss that, you know, is there's ups and downs um, that we have. And I think that's the same way with our relationship with God is if you don't have that home with God, um, then you're not bringing them into the rooms that you're walking into. Uh, yeah. And they can't be rooms that are filled with God because y you don't really even have this thing with God. Um, and so this idea of making him our home, making his presence our most familiar space, um, it's not just for us. It's so that we are these ambassadors of this unforeseen light Mm. Um, to where we're walking into rooms or our place of work or um, just crowds and conversations and people are put back almost yeah. because there's so much not us in us and there's so much him in us and we yeah. can't produce that no matter how hard we try. Well, 
speaking of producing it, I always love to get it to a point of practicality within the show because we can go so far out in the weeds and talk about you know the yeah. the, the, the ninety steps of sanctification. Yeah, I just want to speak for a second. Do you think is there a way? I love what you said about like making home with God. Is is there a practical step towards that if someone's listening in that you can think of like what's a one step that they could take, whether that's a book or uh, you know some sort of practice, a daily practice, or anything yeah. like that? You could just take that next step towards making a home with God. Yeah, I I would say. Pray more. Um, and I didn't value um, prayer as I should have early in my walk with God. And I think I didn't hear from him a lot um, because I wasn't actually facilitating any time of a conversation with him. There's a theologian, I forget his name. I'm quoting someone who quoted him. And the person that quoted him said that the most romantic place in the universe is the prayer closet. And uh, I know that some of us might know what a prayer closet is, Mm -hmm. but what he was getting on was that the purest experience of love that you could ever have is pushing away everything, either at the beginning, middle, or end of your day, um, and coming into the presence of God, because prayer is the power of God. Um, And if you don't desire it, if you don't practice it, then you haven't experienced it. Because once you experience it, you can't stop. Um, and so I would say if, if there, are, there are something that we could give you through this post show that I'm on, um, it would be that if you don't feel familiar with God, talk to him. Yeah. And if you don't hear back from him, wait. Um, because a lot of people have missed out on the greatest conversations with God because they ran out of words to say. And oftentimes the best thing that we can do is just be silent before God. Um, yeah. So that would be something I would throw out there. I'm actually familiar with that theologian. It was Betty White. Betty White? Yeah. Yeah. White. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we love you. We'll see you next week. Oh. Bye. For a, a split second, I was like, Who is this theologian I haven't heard of? Betty White, Betty White, Betty White. And then it clicked.